The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. Yeah, I can only imagine how difficult it was to kind of keep those cravings at bay and particularly given the fact that it's like a relatively long process too where you're going to be experiencing those type of cravings so yes like what were you saying to yourself how did you keep yourself on the track that you needed to be yeah so I mean after like the second trimester which was fine and I like my cravings were at bay around that time the third trimester what helped me was knowing that I was very close to the finish line. And uh, at that point, when I was six months pregnant, I was going in for scans to measure how big the baby was uh, every two weeks. And every two weeks, they would look at where the baby was in like terms of percentiles, like, you know, out of an average baby at six months in the pregnancy, how big he was getting. And I was in that range, like he was in that range perfectly up until the eighth month. So I think it was like 30 weeks or so. He started to go into the 95th percentile. And then by the next week, he went outside of the range. So he was starting to get too big. But that kind of kept me like focused on the diet. So I, I in the morning would know that I need to eat a huge meal to like sustain me until like 2 or 3 p.m., you know, until like my lunchtime at work. So I'd have like three eggs, I'd have an avocado, I'd have some, you know, uh, I'd have like very little carbs, you know, I'd have a yogurt. So that would keep me going. And then at 2 p.m. I'd have a quiche and I knew exactly what I needed for the quiche. And then in the evening I'd have like a chicken and something else, you know. And I knew that in two weeks it was kind of be crunch time. So it's kind of like a little goal. I was like, I need to keep myself disciplined as possible to keep the weight off the baby so that I can try and have a natural pregnancy and try to push out my, my delivery date to as far as, po- as possible, you know, without having to be induced as, you know, early because 40 weeks is the ideal. But in the end, I ended up going to 38 weeks, which is kind of, that, that was good, but um, it would have been nice to go a little bit further. So those kind of things keep, keep you going, you know, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of like your craving management and, and how you're dealing with all of the highs and lows of the, the diabetes management. Hmm. So when you were saying with the, the initial message that you'd sent me in terms of, 
your insulin requirements going up by like six times for a meal that would have required obviously a sixth of it. I feel as if I, by the way, sometimes when I'm asking these questions, my brain is still kind of coming back to life. For anybody listening, basically, I, I, I had a low blood sugar before this podcast and I was thinking, should I cancel it? Is my, like, is my brain going to be functioning well enough to do this podcast? And then I thought, do you know what? Everybody listening is going to be type 1 diabetic, so they're going to completely understand, understand. The, the feeling around recovery from a, from a low blood sugar. So I apologize if my questions come out slightly, slightly strange. Um, but how did you notice initially, Claire, the, like, the drastic increase of insulin requirements where your blood's just like consistently higher yeah they they taper up and the the diabetic midwife um warned me from the very beginning warned me told me educated me i should say that's more positive uh that it you know things would increase steadily at the beginning but once you reach six to seven months they like the placenta starts to release all these hormones and you become extremely insulin resistant and you your requirements for insulin like go up drastically and i was like okay interesting and it was crazy like at one point i was seeing her every friday or i would get a phone consult and we would open so i'm on a, on a t-slim pump and we would open the application for that and we would see at what points we needed adjustment adjustments um and for i think it was about like six months or seven months i really saw like every week was just like let's bring this up a little bit let's bring this up a little bit let's bring this up a little bit and towards the end like it was crazy you know as a woman like a kind of like petite woman my insulin requirements were are very minimal normally outside of pregnancy if i was going to have say a burger i'd have like three or four units of insulin you're probably about double that one (laughs) right because you're a bit bigger right Uh, as a guy as well but when I was eating a burger say at seven or eight months pregnant it was like 12 units 13 units of insulin and I'd have to pre-bolus nearly 40 minutes 50 minutes before it was crazy and I felt like really scared because if I had taken that normally I'd be like going into severe hypo and I was trying to express that to like my, you know, my family and my friends. I was like, look at this. Like I would show them the pump and I'd be like, this is about to give me like 13 years of insulin. I'm really scared. I'm about to present here, you know, like, <laughs> like keep an eye on things. And it was not enough. Like it was really, really weird. And I was changing my infusion sites every second day because it was becoming flooded with, with insulin, like, because there was so much being delivered all the time. So that was really, really weird for me. Um, mm. And it's obviously really magical what your body does in terms of like producing everything the baby needs to develop. But um, when you're very hyper aware of like manually doing these things, it's really scary. Yeah, that stresses me out even listening to it because <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, I feel as if everybody kind of has their threshold of insulin that they're comfortable taking at any given moment or like at, in in one dose and for yeah. me it's like if, if i go over i'm actually quite insulin sensitive just because i train a lot and for me it's like if i go over five or six units in one single dose i'm kind of like oh 
stuff. I'm not really that comfortable with this, even though my body obviously requires it for whatever type of meal or whatever I'm having. But did this almost create like further stress and anxiety for you taking these huge doses? Like how did it feel taking such such massive doses compared to what yeah. you were used to? I had like a lot of anxiety around it, particularly nighttime meals. Like what I used to do at nighttime was I would try to eat at 6 p.m. because I needed to deal with whatever happened after I ate. And by deal, I mean like I would eat my meal and I'd be totally level for like an hour and a half. I'm like, great, I think I have digested this. (laughs) And then suddenly it would skyrocket up and it would skyrocket down. You know, and then I'd eaten sweets and then it would skyrocket up, you know, that roller coaster. And I decided to like to just stop eating carbs at nighttime at all. So they, they try to sorry, I'll just bring up something else about what they said to me. There's been no studies done that they know of of what hypos do to the fetus, to, to the baby. So they told me like whatever like try to eat a little bit of carbs uh, with your meals as you can you don't want to go into um you don't want to go into ketoacidosis because we also don't know what happens to the baby in that scenario so you do have to incorporate carbs because obviously the answer is just eat less carbs but if we don't have any research on that then we should try and keep it as normal as the human body should be so at night time i had to eat carbs um so i just pushed it to 6 p.m and uh, try to deal with everything before I went to sleep so that I had no lows during the night, basically, or I didn't have to wake up every hour to correct what I had eaten at 8 or 9 p.m., you know? So my body just seemed to be responding to things very differently, and I have to keep adapting. And that was just one of those things. But, yeah, it's there's so many variables at play that you just have to roll with it and, and respond to what your body is telling you. So some days I would come into work and with very very little sleep because I'd woken up a lot during the night to just check and correct and check and correct. I had to turn off my alarm because my partner was getting any sleep either. So <laughs> I would just kind of like, you know, put it on vibrate and look at it and go, okay, I'm high again. And, um, and adjust accordingly, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, obviously I have never been pregnant, but I can, oh, like I can't even imagine the complexity that, goes into it because i know obviously firsthand living with diabetes itself is intricate and complex but i'm even thinking about claire like the emotional side of it and we obviously hear a lot about people reacting emotionally to high blood sugars and low blood sugars because it's almost an immediate reminder of potentially what could happen long term you know like if if somebody's constantly seeing high blood sugars it's almost a reactive thought of this is going to lead to X, Y, Z. Yeah. So during this time where there's like massive uncertainty and unpredictability around insulin doses and sensitivity and resistance and highs and lows, was it more stressful for you because you were then also thinking, I have a baby growing inside me? Yeah, there's, there was a lot of guilt you know, a lot of guilt that played into it because whenever I had those, you know, long insulin resistance spells where I was coasting at 10 for like an hour in my head, I was like, this is bad for my baby, you know, and I'm a bad mom. So there's that kind of 
other voice in your head saying I have to be better and I have to do more so it did kind of, it did affect my mental health and actually the person who was the most helpful throughout this process was my diabetic obstetrician her name was Sophie Poulter and she's like this really eccentric doctor who come in with really high heels and just like really fun <laughs> woman and you know she would ask me how are you doing how are you doing like she really checked in with me and reassured me and told me you're doing everything that you can right now and you are doing the best that you can and you your baby's going to be fine so I I didn't realize how much I needed that reassurance until she'd said it to me a few times and I was like thank you thank you for telling me because even though I'm not giving I, I'm trying not to believe that voice it's still there I'm still questioning myself even though I know I'm doing my best it feels like it's not good enough because at the end of the day, this is my, my son and you want to do the best for your child. So yeah, you need to have that person, that person who, who has seen the diabetics before you and is telling you you're doing a good job because you know, your mental health plays a lot into the pregnancy too. And you have to go into it really positively, you know, Hmm. from the experience that you had, even how your experience is since Kai's birth, what would your advice be to somebody who maybe is pregnant now or is planning for a child living with diabetes just from your own personal experience? Um, I would say, I, I would say that you just need to know that you're doing the best that you can and just roll with the punches. Every day is, is a new day. You'll have a good day and you'll have a bad day. Um, and to keep, keep questioning things. I think that that would be the biggest piece of advice is like, keep questioning things. Ask why, why are we bringing this up at this time? Is it your cortisol at 4am or 5am is kind of kicking in? Should we reduce around here? Cause you've had hypos because at the end of the day, you're the one that knows your body the best. And if somebody's going to be putting a setting in your pump, you want to know exactly why. And questioning that will start a conversation with your medical team, whoever is helping you manage your diabetes and go, Oh, actually, yeah, maybe you're right. You know, a lot of the times, like I had like a 20 minute conversation with my endocrinologist about why we were adjusting this tiny little thing. And we realized we didn't need it at all. So always know that you're the one who knows yourself the best and question what, why people are doing things. I think that's the, the, the biggest piece of advice I would give. Hmm. Yeah, that's a massive one. And I think, it's something that everybody needs to be aware of, even even if they're not pregnant. It's like if you are making changes to insulin doses, increasing or decreasing, ask why. It's important that you know the logic behind why something is being changed. And oftentimes we can be so quick to say we're high here, increase your insulin. We're low here, decrease your insulin. But it could be something that's going on around it. It might not just be insulin itself so definitely question it i love that claire it's uh it's very important do you feel as if you're better equipped now to manage your diabetes long term given your pregnancy experience yes yeah definitely i had the pump before my pregnancy and i didn't use it i used pens because i felt like they were working for me but when i went on the pump i realized how powerful it is during my pregnancy So that was one thing. 
the other thing is just like being really mentally strong after it you know like I was kind of like you know if I can go through this and really persevere to the end and like you know make all of these adjustments I'm pretty sure that going forward with my diabetes management I'm going to be able to tackle anything and they really educated me too you know there's there's constantly a lot of studies out there and I try to stay informed you know that's why I follow you and I follow a couple of other influencers online but when you're in the thick of it with all of these professionals you learn so much I had a great conversation with um, the diabetic nurse about like you know the effects of pizza you know Mm -hmm. like and how you should pre-bolus and how you know fat kind of like delays the reaction of how your body absorbs things i was like oh my god this is fascinating you know so (laughs) i learned i educated myself during this as well and Mm -hmm. and decided that i have to always be curious about this stuff i have to stay informed for myself and educate myself so that i can i can tighten things up tighten the screws up so definitely that is a huge positive coming out of this is that like you know I feel mentally stronger and a lot more educated about what I'm dealing with every day. Yeah, the pizza is a fascinating one. We actually have an episode on the pizza effect and having like super high fat meals like that. And why you see that delayed spike up to like six hours later where where that is absolutely, (laughs) it's infuriating. Um, Splitting doses and these kind of things. I'm curious to know, Claire, obviously you had like a massive increase in insulin requirements and obviously your insulin resistance had gone up so high, but when did your resistance start coming back to normal again? Oh, good question. This was the, one of the things that was also kind of scary, I guess. Um, so as soon as the baby's born, um, and the placenta comes out, you go back to normal straight away. (laughs) So it's literally just the placenta is the one pumping all of these hormones in and makes you insulin resistant and everything. And as soon as that comes out, you go back to normal. So I went from, you know, the night before having Kai, like having a sandwich and taking like eight units of insulin to (laughs) the next day having the exact same sandwich and having like a unit and a half of insulin, you know what I mean? Obviously for like half a, half a thing of bread, but, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So what uh, my plan was with my obstetrician was that as soon as I given birth to Kai, I had a, a new setting which was adjusted to what I had before and maybe tapered down even a little bit lower because you're recovering and you've just had this big workout, you know, uh, giving birth. Um, and also you're breastfeeding, which when you're breastfeeding, you know, it, it, um, your, your blood sugars kind of drop as well. So um, I was on that and then I switched over to another profile then and I've been kind of normal ever since, back to my original doses. So essentially you had a setting made in advance of Kai being born? Yes, yeah. Wow, well prepared, well prepared. Yeah, and that's another thing actually that I didn't realize um, during when I was in labor with Kai was that um, I had a lot of lows. And I forgot about that. I was like, this is like a workout, you know, this is like, I was, you know, contracting and my body was working really hard and my partner was there. 
and he was keeping an eye on everything. He had the pump in his hand. He was doing finger pricks for me. Um, he was giving me Sour Patch Kid, you know, those gummy <laughs> bears whenever I was having lows. And I, cause I just did not have the mental capacity to even think about it. And the nurses that were in there were, they obviously are aware of what diabetes is, but they don't know what a, a temp basal rate is on the pump and they don't know, you know, that this is kind of normal and all of the different things that are involved in making sure that I'm okay while I'm focused on giving birth, you know? So just having that uh, person in the room who knows you and your illness very well was a huge help in uh, giving birth to Kai. Yeah, I can only imagine. He was obviously like taking the the diabetic load away from you because you've, yeah. you have other things to be focusing on in that moment, to say the least. So how have you found then, Claire, the transition from not having child to now having Kai, even in terms of how your life is and obviously managing your diabetes along with that? Because I would imagine Kai takes up a, a huge amount of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in terms of the diabetes management, I, I'm definitely not looking as much as I used to before Kai because I'm so preoccupied with him. But at the same time, it's so much better because I don't have all of these things to be aware of and I'm back to kind of my old self. So my time and range is be- kind of better in a way because like it's very stable. In terms of becoming a mother, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, it's magical and Kai is amazing. I'm sure every mother says that about their <laughs> son or daughter, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it's hard to describe, but, um, you know, it changes your perspective on things. I was saying to you earlier, like, you know, it's very like work focused and goal orientated and things. And then when I had Kai, I was like, well, all of that is going to the side because you are my priority and, um, mm. I'm going to make sure that everything that I do is, is for you kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's different, but it's, it's wonderful. I'm loving every second of it. Well, even based off the detail from the podcast and the effort that you put in to your own health and ultimately for, for Kai's health and obviously how you feel about Kai now and, and how important he is to you. He's damn lucky to have you as a mother, Claire. So he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll appreciate you as he grows up. All right. Yeah. Um, and look, I know you said during this podcast and even before the podcast that you were a bit apprehensive about going into detail because you didn't want to almost put people off. But from a male diabetic perspective, it was incredibly reassuring. Um, And I really appreciate you going into that detail because I know there's a lot of people that will listen to it that will benefit from it and it will give them a massive amount of reassurance. So thank you for going into the detail. No problem. I hope that it's um, it's helpful for anybody thinking about it or already in, in the process of it, um, that it's doable and we can have healthy babies that might be a bit chubby <laughs> when they come out. But, uh, you know, we it's uh, it's still possible to, to live your life and, and to do these things which are a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. Claire, I've one more question for you. We always finish the podcast with guests with this question, and it is... <laughs> If you had the opportunity to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? Um, I, I think it would be to just have that mindset and that resilience that it's given me over the years. It was a very hard obstacle to overcome when I was diagnosed. 
Um, and it's one that I, I wouldn't say mastered, but, you know, I feel like I'm on top of. And it's kind of given me that, that perspective of the fact that life can throw stuff at you and you just have to kind of deal with it and get on with it and do the best of what you're given and be happy anyway. So I think diabetes really gave me that real strong perseverance and resilience towards life. And in a way, I wouldn't take that back because it's kind of made me the woman that I am today, you know? Mm. So that's that's what I'm thankful for. Thank you, diabetes, for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, said, I said that was my last question, but based off your answer, I have another question. <laughs> sure. Given how resilient it, it's made you, and one of the quotes that we have from me is that it's kind of given you a perspective or, or given you an ability to deal with rocks that get thrown at you hypothetically in your life mm -hmm. has it helped you deal with stuff specifically up to this point in terms of even just your mindset around things yeah i i mean there have been challenges that have popped up since you know i've been diagnosed and i think it was just being self-aware enough to get help about them because you have to be mindful about your diabetes and be compassionate about yourself that has definitely helped me become a lot more um, resilient to the things that have cropped up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I won't go into details, but, you know, people passing and things like that, I figured out my way of getting, getting past it. And I think that the diabetes played a big role into that, really asking yourself the hard questions. How do you feel? You know, instead of just like putting your head down and just getting through it, actually dealing with it and getting past it i think the the diabetes really played into that wow amazing love it i'm glad i asked that last question claire <laughs> thank you so much i really really enjoyed this conversation and again it's going to be massively beneficial massively reassuring for i would imagine a lot of people out there so thank you so much again it was great personally to connect with you again and good to see you any final thoughts before we let you go any final thoughts? Um, no pressure. <laughs> no, no final thoughts. Only that um, thank you for having me. And I'm always happy to help wherever I can. So if anybody does have any questions, please do reach out to me. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my final thoughts. <laughs> Perfect. If there's somebody listening that is kind of considering reaching out to even get a deeper perspective or insight or even experience or guidance from you, Claire, where can they find you or where can they contact you? Yeah, I think, well, my Instagram, you can add, or you can follow me there and message me. It's Claire the Burr, C-L-U-R-R, the B-U-R-R. -R. So yeah, if anybody wants to ask me any questions about what we've been through, um, I'm more than happy to be available for that. Good stuff. I will link that below for anybody listening. So if you want to reach out, as you can see, Claire is a very friendly and easy to talk to. So Claire, thank you so much. Send my regards to Kai. I hope he's well and uh, he'll appreciate you as he grows up. All right. Great. Thank you <laughs> so much. Thanks so much. You take care. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. 
if you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my type 1% better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.